This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And who says this old man can't run? Uh, well, lately, mainly, it's been me saying that. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show, but I think of it, uh, it, it this, this uh, it, perception you have of yourself. If I think of it this way, is that you have sort of a, a baseline of your abilities. In, in the back of your mind... You have this this checklist of things that you can do, uh, and and you just it, it's a baseline. It's it's set. Like I can, you know, I can do this many push-ups or something like that. You you just think that that's you have that sort of idea that I'm able to do this kind of stuff. And uh, as you get older, as I get older. I realized that, well, you know, that baseline may need to be readjusted because, well, you know, I'm not as young as I used to be. And and one of the things that I had in my baseline was that I can run and run fairly fast. I was pretty fast in high school, not super fast or anything like that. If I had the inclination, which I did not, to join any kind of athletics kind of thing, I could probably have gone into track and maybe, you know, been a sprinter or something you know maybe if i had been inclined to do such a thing but i wasn't i was more artistic than athletic so uh i didn't pursue it but maybe some coach would have been able to you know hone my technique and i could get even faster but i was pretty fast and pretty agile too and i was thinking you know so that's that baseline is that i can run and i can run fairly fast and it's just been there and it's and if you don't really do anything, you don't really challenge it. That baseline just kind of keeps hanging around in the back of your mind, and until you do something that challenges it. And what I was, what happened was, uh, I'd be walking down to the mom and pop grocery shop that's just down down the way from from the office, and there's this uh, intersection I'd cross, and it's one of those roundabout things. So you got to be on your toes because it's not a four way stop like it used to be. And you have to really kind of watch out for people coming around that big island thing in the middle where they may not be able to see you as you're crossing the street. So you got to be ready to kind of pick up the pace. And and if somebody's coming around and they're slowing down to let me get through uh, to cross, I, I, I pick up the pace so that I can, you know, not make them wait so long. And I do when I do that, it's like, oh, ow, ooh, ow, you know, like sore legs or stiff knees or my, it's a back feels wrong. So it's like, ah, jeez, ah. <laughs> so that I think to myself, 
your baseline says you can run, but I'm not sure you can anymore. <laughs> if 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 that's the way you uh, picked up the pace going across the intersection is any indication, you probably can't really run anymore. Uh, and I, I and I and I gave myself this uh, a little bit of an out, saying, well, maybe I can with the proper motivation. You know, like a bear's chasing me, or I'm trying to run to the rescue of my son or my wife or you know some family member or something. Uh, anyway, this last Tuesday put my baseline I can run to the test. Uh, Tuesday evening, I had uh, uh, I stopped by one of the buildings that our company cleans, and uh, I it's 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 a, it's a sizable building in that it's it's all on one floor but it's it's a warehouse building and it takes up uh it takes up about a whole block the warehouse the whole building the front part of the building is is office sections and we clean that and we clean a a few areas out in the warehouse but not the whole warehouse and uh but our janitor closet is out there in the warehouse and there's two there's the main way we get into the building is to go into that back section into the warehouse section as you walk in that door there's an alarm pad right at the door and the it, the way the building is set up is that uh, the office section and it has a, it is, can be set up on the alarm separately from the warehouse section and usually the the warehouse folks leave uh, at about 4:30 so that back section the alarm is set before the office part is. And as long as the office people don't go back into the back section, there's no worries. So they, they make sure that, uh, that the office people know that hey, everybody's gone, so you know, don't go back in the warehouse because we're setting the alarm. Uh, or you, know, you have to be prepared to turn the alarm off when, if, you, if you come out. Well, as I said, they're gone by 4.30 usually most days. And I uh, showed up at about 6, 6.30 last Tuesday. So I fully expected to come in the door and hear the alarm pad do that. There's a, a sustained high-pitched tone, like a squeak kind of a sound, that uh, is letting you know that the alarm is set and you have to turn, put in the code and turn it off. So I expected to hear that as I walked in uh, carrying the supplies I was dropping off for the, for the cleaner, but I didn't. The alarm pad didn't make a sound. So I looked at it and I allowed the door to close behind me, looked at the pad, and it had the words not ready uh, displayed on the screen. And that means that somewhere around the perimeter, there's an open door. Something is uh, not allowing the, the alarm contacts to to make contact, to, to set the alarm. So, so I figured, okay, I'll drop these supplies in the janitor closet, and then I'll go do a walk around to see if I can find what door is left open and if I can't I'll see if there's anybody up in the warehouse or in the office section and let them know that I, I can't get the alarm set or you know the alarm won't set because something you know this is what my thinking was so the the janitor closet is just around the corner from that door that we come in this is just a few feet away so I go in I put the stuff into her janitor closet and then I I start to text the cleaner to let them know to let uh, that the stuff is there and then I hear the sound of an overhead door closing. And my mind goes, oh, okay, it's over on the, on the side where there's all the dock bays, you know, with the, all the doors for the, do uh, the docking bays. 
and somebody's closing it, uh, I better make sure that they know that I'm back here so they don't set the alarm and lock me in here. So I, I, I leave the janitor closet and I start to head toward it. Now, like I said, it's a big area. So I walk along. I, I'm, I'm going to estimate that it's like, I don't know, 40 yards from the janitor closet to the first turn that I make to head toward the, uh, the docking area. And so I make that turn and I go another 10 yards or so. And, and as I'm going, as I get closer to the doctors, I, I, I start calling out, you know, hello, hello, and nobody's responding. So I go about, you know, I, I, I think I'm probably about 50 yards or so, maybe more, maybe a little less, I don't know, it's hard to say, uh, away from that door that I came into the warehouse, you know, the, the, when I got there. I'm away from that alarm pad, I'm away from that door. I figure it's about 50 yards. I hear the sound beep, 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 and that tells me somebody closed the uh, one of the, the, the overhead doors. And they were outside the building. They set the alarm from outside the building, and now the alarm, I've got like 45 seconds, maybe a minute, to get back to the door and get the hell out of there. Otherwise, the alarm will set, and if I move around, motion detectors will see that I'm there, and the alarm will go off. So, I want to get out of there. So, I turn around and I book it. I mean, I just, I go as top speed as I can and I, 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 I make that little 10-yard that little jaunt or whatever it is to the, the, the turn to get that straightaway shot, the 40-yard dash or whatever that is, to get to that back door. And I'm just, I'm flying. <laughs> and I can, as I'm doing this, I can see the alarm pad by the door and there's a red light flashing on it and I can hear that alarm pad beeping along with the other ones and I'm just going and going and I get to the door I burst out of it and I, I close it behind me <sighs> I made it in time the alarm didn't set before I got out of there I was like oh I did it <laughs> and I'm, I'm leaning over with my hands on my knees trying to catch my breath a little bit and I realized a couple of things at that moment. First of all, I realized I'm right. I can run with proper motivation. I can do it. I may not be able to run as fast as I could in high school, but I did move it. I mean, I moved it. You know, it's I was I was flying as, as for a 56-year-old guy. Uh, and the other thing I noticed was, yeah, I'm a little winded, but I'm. It's not so bad. I'm not really, it's, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, I, I caught my breath, I got back to normal within, you know, pretty quick, within a minute or less. It's just like, yeah, I'm, I feel okay. So I'm wondering if maybe all that walking I've been doing, trying to get to 10,000 steps every day, and I've been doing that since November of 2020? Yeah, I think since then. I've been trying, and I've been doing it, 10,000 steps a day, if, if not more. And that means just pacing around the office, pacing around at home, or walking wherever I can and doing as much as I can. All right, so anyway, <clears throat> the other thing I noticed was I didn't pull a hamstring or twist an ankle or throw out my back or break a hip. <laughs> so, hey, <laughs> so I ask again, who says this old man can't run? I, I don't plan on doing that anytime soon again but uh, I, I did it so last week I did not do a show 
I was going to. I mean, I had my, my I had my two pages in my composition notebook, two pages filled up, and that's what it takes for each show. I fill up two pages. Sometimes I have printouts, uh, sheets printed out. I have a couple of them for the show, and I, I had everything ready to go, and I was I was home. And, uh, you know, it's starting to get to that time where I thinking, well, I think I should start getting everything set up to do the show. And I realized something. It was July 2nd. Now, I record these shows on Fridays. It was July 2nd. That's 4th of July weekend. We're in the United States of America. Wow. <laughs> you know what that means. It means every neighbor that decides to go out and get the illegal fireworks, illegal here in Minnesota, the launching kind, you know, almost like uh, like municipal grade, that you kind of see at state fairs or cities that that uh, or towns that do fireworks, official fireworks. Almost, almost that level. Some of them are that level. It's just going on in the neighborhood, and it, you know, it's Fourth of July weekend. The Fourth is on Sunday, so it's sat. It's Friday. It's the weekend. Let's go. Well, it was just bang, pop, bang, 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 pop, you know, just boom, you know, it's just going on and on and on. And I realized, oh, there's no way. I mean, sometimes I'll do a show uh, near about 4th of July. Over the years that I've done this, I'll do a show near about 4th of July. And I will, uh, you, you, if you're listening, you'll hear some fireworks once in a while. You'll hear it, but it, but not like it was last Friday. I mean, I it would have sounded like I was Edward R. Edward R. Murrow on the rooftop somewhere in London during the Blitz. That's what it would have sounded like, and I would have been so distracted that I just wouldn't have been able to do a show. So I decided that's it. Okay, I'll take a break. I'll do the show next week. It'll it should settle down by then. I don't think I've heard a pop yet, uh, at least since I've started recording. Uh, there were a few earlier this evening, but uh, you know. But it's not like it was. I mean, it was just constant. It was almost as if it was the fourth. So, you know, that's that's my neighbors for you. And speaking of fireworks, uh, I have a cousin, and this cousin I've mentioned before on the show. I don't say the cousin's name because I don't want to. Um, and uh, on the off chance that they might listen to the show. But they'll recognize himself. Uh, I've mentioned this cousin before. They're Trumper. They're anti-mask, anti-vaccine. They're they're they they downplay downplayed the COVID right along with uh, their fa favorite president of all time, the greatest president in their eyes. This guy really cares about us, which is bullshit. But that's what they they just say. They're so hoodwinked by this guy. They're so they've been so taken in. By this con man, that they just can't see it. They can't see it, and I, I, it's, it's sad, and I don't know what to do to help. I don't think they'll ever see it. Some might, but I don't know. And I don't want to go too deep into other things I think about this, uh, that are possible with my cousin because I don't know. I could be wrong, and I hope I am. But other certain attitudes that he might have, I'm not going to discuss. But he posted on his page, just before the 4th, about what a shame it is that, uh, that this terrible administration that we have right now, that, uh, that they decided that, uh, uh, that 
they were going to ban fireworks at Mount Rushmore on the 4th. Oh, how dare they? I think, you know, just they're going to ban them. What commies they are. Oh, gosh, we all hate commies. Don't we hate commies? You hate commies. Don't you hate commies? Well, anyway, uh, that was me in the backyard the other week. Uh, Amy uh, uh, was letting me know there was tea. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so we all hate commies, right? And so it, I looked at that post and I thought, well, is this true? So I looked it up. And, yeah, it's true that the Biden administration uh, had reinstated reinstated the ban on fireworks at Mount Rushmore, a ban that had been in place for more than a decade, but was rescinded last year in 2020 because Manchild thought it'd be really fun to, you know, uh, to see fireworks and to have another super spreader event. You know, let's get a bunch of people together and even though they're outdoors and they're less, it's less dangerous uh, of catching COVID outdoors. It's less, you know, it's less. But there's visitor center there. There's a there's a gift center there. There's indoor parts. So you know, I mean, let's 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 do this in the middle. Not only do you have other reasons for not doing fireworks in July in South Dakota, there are other reasons which I'll get to, uh, but. You add on to that, in 2020, there was the pandemic. So, of course, Manchild thinks it would be a good idea. And the the uh, um, uh, Mount Rushmore is a U.S. national park, so it falls under federal jurisdiction, I guess. So, you know, he was able to sign his, an executive order to say, okay, we, you know, let's have the fireworks on the 4th, right? So I pointed out that one of... Uh, one of uh, my my cousin's supporters said something about this went back to 2008 when that American hater I think he meant America hater but he said American hater when that American hater you know put the ban in and I think he called him uh, this guy called him an American hater twice so it wasn't just a misspelling he meant American hater but anyway so and I and I went 2008. And so my response to that person was, 2008, that would, that, you know, the, if, 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 I, if you're talking about the American hater I'm thinking you're talking about, uh, he didn't take office until 2009. So you must mean the, uh, a different American hater. Well, it turns out, I, I, as I looked into it, and I found what it, the, the, the earliest I could find information about a ban of fireworks was in 2010. So the American hater that that guy was probably referring to was responsible, or at least was the guy in charge when the ban went in. So, okay. And I did point out, it says, I, I don't remember any of you guys complaining about it. It was, in, it was a ban in place until 2020. It's just, it's being reinstated. And this is why. Here's why it's, be, it's been reinstated. This is why the ban was there in the first place. Uh, it's, it's, it's summer. It's in the plains 
of, uh, of the United States heading into mountain-type area, but it's mostly plains. And are you, you know, it's dry. You've got wildfire risks. Not only that, be, and, and they've done the fireworks before. They've done them before. It was fine, you know, I guess. And they, they take the precautions that they, they take and to try to make sure that there aren't any wildfires that take place. And that's uh, that's commendable, and, and, and at least it's responsible that that's what they're doing. Okay, good. They're showing responsibility. But, but here's something else that had happened. There's an infestation of the pine beetle in that area, which has made the forests and, su and such that are nearby Mount Rushmore. It's weakened them and made them even more susceptible to wildfires. So it's just not a good idea. It's not. For a 30-minute fireworks show, do you want to lose millions and, you know, potentially lose millions and millions of acres of, uh, you know, the Black Hills, you know, that area of South Dakota? Do you want to see that happen? Do you, and if there's any towns around, maybe Deadwood would be threatened because it's not that far. Would you want to see that happen or people residences burned? Do you want that to happen for a 30-minute fireworks display? Really? Now, I know, I know Fearless Loser doesn't care because he doesn't care. It's him. It's all about him. It's always been all about him. So he doesn't care. Well, wildfires, well, that's, that's South Dakota's problem. That's their fault. They should have uh, taken care of their forests better. No, it's you no. Know, you were the one that said that go ahead and do this. But the thing is, here's another thing that I didn't. You know, I did say you know for the years before this, I didn't notice you guys complaining then about it being in the band. But now you are because well, the commies are in the White House. And I was talking about this with my older brother and my uh, I think and he I think it was him that mentioned. He said, yeah, you know, well, three of those years prior to 2020. I mean the three. 4th of July's just prior to the 4th of July of 2020 had a certain president who cares about the American people that left the ban in place. Why weren't they mad at him? You know, when we were kids, we could do things. You know, we could have our kids in the fire. Now our grandkids can't have this. Yeah, you know, when we were kids, our parents could take us home from the hospital from when we were, when we were born by just holding us on their laps. Now they can't. Now they have to demonstrate that they have a, a, a safety seat for, you know, the proper safety seat for a newborn and that it is installed properly before they take their newborn home from the hospital. Before, they could just, you know, throw them in the trunk. Bye! <laughs> you know, before, you know they, we had lead and gas. We had lead in everything. Lead in the dirt. Lead in the gas. Lead in the pipes. Lead everywhere. Lead in the paint. Nobody cared. Yeah, that was the great stuff we had when we were kids. We didn't have to wear seatbelts. Oh, man, those wonderful days. Anyway. <sighs> it's just... <sighs> what are you going to do? Well, I think I know what I'm going to do. I think I've come up to a break. If I haven't come up to a break, I'm going to take one anyway. Yeah, I've come up to a break. Here I am. I've come up to a break. So you're listening to Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back after this break.
Talk Radio's redheaded stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. Hey Sam! Have you ever wondered what skeptics are up to in countries where English is not necessarily the first language? Or are you interested to learn about some fascinating and sometimes very bizarre Europe-related facts, events or people from history of skepticism? Or do you just want to know who's been really wrong lately? You can find out all about that and more on the award-winning show The ESP, the, the European, European Skeptics, Skeptics Podcast. Podcast. So, where can people find the show? You can find it online at theesp.eu, but you can also follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu, or like us on Facebook. Oh, and you can contact the show by sending an email to info at theesp.eu. If you want to subscribe, do a quick search for the European Skeptics Podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get to your podcast. The European Skeptics Podcast. The real ESP experience. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Hello, hello, this is Monkey Ranch. Come in, calling Bunny Hutch headquarters. Tell Spooky Greyhound to dust off creepy dead eye. Tell Mr. Negative to check on the shot. I've this was a glamorous job. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. And now it's time for another edition of Tales from the Janitor's Closet. This one's a quick one. Uh, you recall that uh, the last Tales from the Janitor's Closet I told, I think it was the last one, that was the gruesome one where I was surrounded by dead bodies. And uh, I could have gotten into more gruesome detail than I did. And thank you, you're, I mean, you're welcome that I didn't, because it was pretty gruesome. I mean, a couple aspects of it, I should say. So, um, it's related to that that tale, because uh, the funeral home that we did the floor scrubbing job for had also asked the boss to put in a bid for cleaning for that one and for another one uh, in, in the Twin Cities. Uh, it's. I think they're owned by a family, and there's uh, three or four of them around. I'm, uh, I can't remember exactly how many there are. There might be more. Um, and uh, so we we bid on this one that we did the scrubbing for, and another one that's out in a town called Woodbury, which is a suburb of St. Paul. And the building that I was running through, you know, my first story that I told you on the show, that uh, the cleaner who takes care of that building. Uh, that's out, that's out. Uh, the building's out in Woodbury. We thought that maybe that person would be a good fit to take on this other property as well. 
Uh, and it, and it's it would be just two days a week, a couple hours a night. And and and, and you know, we thought, well, it could be just a comparison, a price comparison bid. We you know, we haven't heard anything about whether we're going to get it or not. We don't know. We might not. If we don't, well, we don't. But uh, but the boss said, ask the cleaner if maybe they'd be interested in uh, in picking that one up, you know, just for some additional hours. And I happened to be talking to them about some other thing, and I said, well, as long as I got you on the phone, uh, we have been on a couple buildings. And they go, oh, oh, you did? And I said, yeah, we've been on a couple buildings. Don't know if we'll get them, but one of them's out in Woodbury. And they said, oh, that's great. Yeah, great. And I said, uh, it's a, it's only two days a week. Oh, that's no problem. That's no problem. No, no, no problem. Uh, it'd be two hours a night. Oh, that's good. That's good. I, that, I could do that. That's good. Um, it would be a later start. You'd have to start at about 9 o'clock. And they said, well, that's not a problem. That'd be perfect. Not a problem. It's a funeral home. Hello? Hello? <laughs> and then they, said, they asked, will there be any bodies around? <laughs> I said, well, we wouldn't be cleaning the areas where there are the bodies. We wouldn't be doing those areas. We'd only be doing the, you know, where the public goes. I said, it is possible that if there's a wake one night and the next morning there's going to be a, uh, the service where they go out to the cemetery, then maybe the casket will be left in the visitation area. Maybe. Maybe it'll be put away, but it, the, the, certainly the, the, the casket will be closed. There won't be anything. And they said, well, that, that would be okay. But I just loved the way we're on the phone, and, and they went dead silent when I said, it's a funeral home. <laughs> so I was building to that moment. I did it on purpose. I built to that moment. Get them saying, oh, that's great, that's great, because I figured that's what they, their response would be. Because occasionally they ask, can I pick up some extra hours? You know, so you know. And here was a chance that maybe it m might happen. So anyway, that's a, that's a quick tales from the janitor's closet. Do you guys remember Schoolhouse Rock? Do you remember that? Well, um, I have a, a something here. I might as well play the uh, the little bit here. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I gotta get it. So here we here we go. Time for another Dimland Radio pedantic moment. What did they get wrong this time, Dim? Oh, well, I'll tell you. Um, and this is just uh, this. This is just uh, well, it's a typo. That's what it is. But it, I'm going to blow this into a little bigger thing. Uh, I was watching a, uh, a YouTube documentary about. Schoolhouse Rock. It was a little 15-minute thing. I'll try to find it and put it on the show notes, which you can get to by going to dimland.com. Dimland.com. Click on the show notes slash blog option, and you'll you'll uh, you'll find the links to stuff and pictures and more writing that I do. You know, if, if you're not checking out the show notes, you're not getting the whole show. You're not. You got to check out the show notes. They show up every every Sunday morning or afternoon at some point. They show up. Anyway, um. <clears throat> there was a uh, uh, this this YouTube channel put together a nicely put together video 
uh, given the history of Schoolhouse Rock and, and telling the people who created it and who was involved. And part of what they were doing uh, in this particular video, their, their little hook to get you to watch it, was that not everything aged well. <laughs> On uh, the series, uh, in that series. Now, what it was, in case you don't know, uh, in the seventies, on ABC, uh, they, there was an animated series uh, called Schoolhouse Rock, and they would do grammar, uh, and they would do mathematics and world, you know, American history mainly. Uh, they would do stuff like that, science, uh, and they would and they would put it to some to, to music. There'd be a song with an animation thing going on, and some of them were very clever and entertaining, and the songs were pretty good, and all that. And they would have this little, uh, they'd have this little uh, uh, opener before that, you know, you know the, the the whatever that weeks or that that moments, <laughs> uh, whatever they were going to put up. They would have this little thing, little quick, little ten-second thing. So the schoolhouse rock, you know, they'd have a little animation thing, and then they would go into whichever one they would do. And when we were kids and we would watch it, we'd go, "Oh, little twelve toes, little twelve toes, little twelve toes," and it'd be conjunction junction again. You know, conjunction junction is fine. It's fine. It's not. It wasn't my favorite as a kid. It's still not my favorite now. But it was the one that got played the most. I swear that thing is just. It's just you. You see the little opener and you're waiting. And what's gonna happen? Little twelve toes. Little twelve toes. Little twelve. I like the little twelve toes. And it is about you know counting to twelve and doing math by twelve. And it's a space theme and an alien thing and all that. But it just be conjunction junction. <sighs> anyway, uh, or it'd be that figure eight song, which is which I came to like more as I got older. As a kid, it was a little too maudlin, a little too slow, a little too ballady or whatever. It wasn't as fun. But as, as I look at it as an adult, looking at that, I think, oh, that's nice. That's a clever little thing. It's a nice song. And it's, it's nice. You know, figure eight would be great, whatever. And uh, Three is a Magic Number, I think, was the first one they did. And they had all these great ones. But one that didn't age well was the Elbow Room one, you know, where America said, Manifest Destiny! Let's take this continent away from the people who are already living here. <laughs> yeah, the thing was, when the Europeans came to this continent, they brought a bunch of disease with them. They brought smallpox and other diseases that, that the people who were already living here weren't exposed to. So those diseases got exposed to the people that were already living here, and since they didn't have, you know, they didn't have antibodies to deal with it, they started dying. And then they'd spread it to other people. So that so the diseases spread across the continent before the Europeans did. So when the Europe, by the time the Europeans started spreading across America, they, they were looking around and saying, wow, look at all this open space. Look at all this open stuff. Well, that's because you killed most of the people with the diseases you brought over. Well, they didn't know that. They didn't know they were doing that. But still, that's what happened. It just opened everything up because... I mean, I guess it was super devastating, the the amount of disease that was put on. Then, then of course, you know, the early Americans were doing some pretty shitty stuff to the folks that were living here already. Just to say, well, it's, you know, manifest destiny. So that one didn't age really well. Well, anyway, so I'm watching this documentary thing, and they, they get to a um, uh, one of the, it's some of the later... Uh, once it, this thing ran from 70, I don't know, 1 to 83 or something, 85 or something like that. And in the later years, they did one on, uh, they did one on Wall Street. And there was a scene in there where there's a newsstand. And the kids, you know, there's a 
kid working at the newsstand calling out something about Wall Street. And oh, now kids, in case you don't know what a newsstand is, a newsstand is one of those. It's kind of like a booth that'd be outside on the street, you know, near a corner usually. And there'd be a, a, a person in there selling newspapers and magazines and and maybe some candy and stuff like that. But they'd be selling that stuff. And they, they called those newsstands, newsstands. And the thing that I'm pointing out, the, my pedantic moment, is that there was a typo in the animation because it said newsstand on top of the newsstand that they drew in there. The, the illustrator wrote newsstand, N-E-W-S-T-A-N-D. There's two S's in newsstand. And I pointed that out and I, and I, uh, on Facebook. I put it up there. I said, uh, Schoolhouse Rock, uh, is that spelled right? <laughs> and you know it's a typo. It got past everybody's eyes. It got past him. And I'm imagining whoever was in charge of that sees it on a Saturday morning at some point. And, and their, their, their spouse says to them, is that how you spell newsstand? And they look at it and they went, oh, shit. <laughs> that something like that had to happen. It had to have gotten to a point. It wasn't done on purpose. It wasn't done to show that, oh, we can make mistakes too. You know, like Mr. Rogers in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, he would he would screw something up when you're doing a demonstration for kids. He would screw something up just to show that, oh, people make mistakes. He would do it on purpose. You know, people make mistakes. That This, this happens. You know, it's, it's okay. We'll fix it. It's okay. You know, because kids make mistakes when they're learning things. So let's not give up. That was his lesson. That was his teaching. But this is not what they were doing on Schoolhouse Rock. It was a typo that made it by. That got by and made it to the air. So I posted about it. And some numbnuts <laughs> Facebook friend of mine says to me, It's a cartoon. Like, you know, lighten up. It's a cartoon. And, it, and what they used in sort of the, to back up their idea that it's a cartoon and misspellings might have been meant or it's not a big deal. They put in a Farsight cartoon by Gary Larson, which was the best comic strip ever. It was consistently odd and it was consistently funny. It was, it's, I think it's the only comic strip that would consistently make me laugh. I don't, you know, I never laughed at Charlie Brown's comic strip. Excuse me, I gotta take a sip. <coughs> Getting a bit of a dry throat. Anyway, I never laughed at those other ones, but Farside was funny. So here's one. This person puts this up as a way to back up their point. There's a dog luring a cat into a dryer, like a washer dryer, luring the cat into a dryer. The, dry, the cat is looking into the dryer. There are written on the wall, on the floor, and on a, on a sign taped to the inside of the open door of the dryer are the words cat food with an arrow pointing. It's like this cat was lured to the spot. And Larson, being brilliant, wanted to make sure that we knew that the dog wrote those signs, wrote those words, because he misspelled food. He wrote cat correctly, but he spelled food F-U-D. Well, that was done so that we would know that it was the dog that wrote that. Now, I know, if you're going to be really pedantic, you'll ruin it, and you'll say, well, cat, dogs can't write, and cats can't read, and all that. Yes, I know. That's when you carry pedantry too far. But this guy puts this up there, and says, yeah, but that's done on purpose. The newsstand was not. That was, I was just pointing out that a typo got by. 
and a pretty big one. But with the part that I loved most about this guy's comment to me, it's a cartoon, is that he spelled it's I-T-S, which is possessive. It is it possessing something. And so my comment back to him was, no, it's I-T apostrophe S, a cartoon. <sighs> anyway, I've gotten to my next break. I'm going to extend this pedantic moment because I've got some more stuff to talk about when I come back. But it's on something else. It's on puns. And uh, uh, I'll be back. So sit tight. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. That beats all the competition. And we'll prove it as soon as we hear any competition. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. All right, I'm extending this, this pedantic moment uh, into this next little bit here, which is about a pun. And I love puns. I think puns are great. Puns are, fan- are, are, are showing people that how versatile language can be. How words can mean different things at the same time. Uh, and it, you know, and people who don't like puns, and they're out there. There are people that hate puns, and they live very sad existences. I, they're very, they're very sad people, and I feel so sorry for them. I feel such pity for them that they, they just live in such a bleak world where they don't like puns. It's, I don't understand how they, how they see the world. I, I just don't. Uh, the world is bigger than than what their view allows it to be. And puns show us that. That language is bigger than than what its surface might be. Than, than what the face value might seem to be. It's deeper. It's, it's richer. 
and these sad, sad people that don't like puns. You know, I don't know. No, they're fine. <laughs> they're fine. They're, they're, they're fine. Uh, but a um, friend of mine uh, loves puns. And they will share puns on Facebook all the time. And they will drop a pun when you're talking to them. They, they just, boom, they'll catch one and they'll drop one on you. And more often than not, they're pretty good. Uh, so, uh, I wanted to do uh, uh, discuss a couple of these puns shared by my friend. And one is that it's just wrong. It's, it's just wrong. And, and it's this. And th there's this series of, uh, of, uh, uh, of memes coming out that have uh, the Star Trek, the original series, images from that series. So, in this particular one, there's two images of, uh, of Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock. And it, the, you know, two pictures, and they're together, and they're talking with each other apparently, and the the text of the meme goes like this. Kirk is apparently asking Spock, "What weighs more, a gallon of water, or a gallon of, of butane?" To which Spock replies, "They would both weigh one gallon." Kirk's answer is, wrong, it's water. Butane is a lighter fluid. Get it? A lighter fluid? Because <laughs> it's butane and it's flammable. It's a lighter fluid. You see, it's how language can mean more than just the surface meaning. It's deeper. It's richer. But this is wrong. Because nothing weighs a gallon. Okay, a gallon is not a measurement of weight. It's a measurement of volume. If you have a gallon of water and you have a gallon of mercury, they're both liquids, but the gallon of water is going to weigh way less than a gallon of mercury because mercury is 13.5 times more dense than water. It's got more of it in it, in that same volume. So, a, a, you know, a gallon of mercury is going to be a lot heavier than a gallon of water. It has to do with volume, not weight. It's, that's, it's, it's like, it kills the pun, because it's just wrong. Now, unless you mean Way as in, you know, a scale will weigh something, meaning you put something on a scale to see how much it weighs. You know, it's like, gee, is there a way that we could weigh this gallon of whey to see how much it weighs? Look what I did there. I used a, a homonym. I think that's the word. It's a word that sounded like it's spelled differently. Or is that a synonym? Whatever. <laughs> and then, so, you know, can, is there a way that we can find out what this way weighs? <laughs> to weigh this way? So we know what it weighs? Is there, see, isn't that fun? You know, you could, you could say, you could say, uh, if you're in England, you could pay a person a pound to pound and pound a pound of flesh. Uh huh? 
or of beef, maybe, you know. And it's like, what? What's it? A pound, an English pound. It's a currency, a bit of money. And then you got pound, meaning to, it, it, let's say it's a pound of beef. It's a pound, so you eat it quickly. You pound it. or But first you want to pound it, which is you hit it with your fist or a hammer or something to tenderize it. And it's a pound because it weighs a pound. It's just, it's English. What a language. But this one's just wrong. It doesn't work because nothing weighs a gallon. And Spock would know that. But here's a good one. And this one's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <clears throat> Again, it's, it's the original series of, of Star Trek. And it's this this time it's Captain Kirk with uh, with this Roman Caesar type character. We'll just call him Caesar. I don't know what his name was in the in the series. Uh, it was the episode I think called Bread and Circuses, which had you know it had this ludicrous idea that uh, some humans survived on this planet it was just like Earth, and and they they brought back Roman times on the planet, and it got to like you know like 1960s technology without space travel something whatever so so it's run like ancient rome so the uh, uh so the so the caesar guy is talking to caesar or to to kirk and he says uh here in ancient rome we have four kinds of poison poison one two and three will kill you kirk asks what does poison four do caesar answers it will make you all itchy and you're, and you're sitting there saying, huh? What? Huh? I, I've given you all the information you need to put this together to why this would be a pun. And why this would be might be funny. And why I think this is brilliant. But the thing is, you have to see the text in order to appreciate the humor. To get the pun. Because I will... Because the, it's ancient Rome... And they're talking about four different kinds of poison. And they give the number one, two, three, and four. They give those numbers. Rome, ancient Rome, numbers, Roman numerals. Right. That's You, you have to see the text to know that's what's going on here. So they're not sitting there talking to each other saying... <clears throat> Here in ancient Rome, we have four kinds of poison. Poison I, I-I, and I-I-I will kill you. And then Kirk asks, what does poison I-V do? And Caesar answers, it will make you all itchy. Get it? Poison I-V. Because I-V is the Roman numeral for four. <laughs> you have to see the text. And I think that's brilliant. Because, and then I put myself like, you're standing there listening to the two people talking, and they're not going to be saying, poison I, 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 and I, I, I will kill you. What does poison IV do? It'll make you all itchy. They're saying poison one, two, and three will kill you. What does poison four do? You see, it's just that deep. It's just that great. It's just, this is a good one. But you have to see the text in order for it to work. And maybe that's a handicap for it, but I think it makes it even a little bit more brilliant. <clears throat> I don't know what you think. 
Uh, I gotta wrap up the show. <laughs> Getting there. Uh, so, um, uh, just a cool thing that happened this past week. Uh, my son. Uh, oh wait a minute! I've got time. Oh, I thought I didn't have time. Never mind. Back up. I got this other thing I can talk about. <clears throat> I've been seeing this on Facebook. It's an ad for pet lovers. All right, and this particular one that I've seen, I I look at it and think, I, is this what? I don't know about this idea. <laughs> um, it's it's a it's called uh, what's it called? It's called cuddle cuddle clones cuddle clones. What this company does, if it's legit, this company you you send a photograph of your favorite pet and they make a a clone type thing of its head and in and and you, and you can use that clone type thing of its head to be a, a cover for your golf clubs you know like if you've seen if you've watched golf and you've seen tiger woods he'll have this uh like a plushy tiger that will cover some of his golf clubs, or you know, one of his one of the golf clubs. It'll it'll, it'll use it on there, uh, sort of. You know, because he's Tiger Woods, and it's a tiger. You see how that kind of connects in, and and so so the ad shows this this dog, which is kind of a Dalmatian sort of type dog. It's not exactly a Dalmatian, but it sort of looks like one. And it, and it has you know, so you see the dog sitting next to this or standing next to this this this. Uh, 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 a thing of golf clubs, and and on one of the clubs is its head. Is one of these cuddle clones that this company made that looks like the head of this dog, and I thought, is that really a good idea? I mean, I could just imagine it. Okay, suppose suppose you're a, a, a golf enthusiast, and you have a favorite pet. Suppose that's it. That's you. You're a golf enthusiast. You have a favorite pet. Your spouse, your loved one, your significant other decides, ah, oh, I know the perfect gift to get this person. I'm going to have a cuddle clone made of our dog, of our dog's head, and and that, that my loving spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, partner, can use to cover their favorite golf club with their favorite pet's head, and it's and it looks so much like our pet. It's so be wonderful. So I'm I'm gonna get that gift for them, right? And so they so they do this surreptitiously. They do this secretly, quiet on the down low. They they get this thing. They get the they get the a package and they wrap it up all nice, and and they wake up uh, their their loved one in the morning. It's their birthday, and they come into the room. Now the dog. Is outside. The dog's not. The dog's not in the bedroom. Dog's outside. And so, uh, and 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 the, and the loved one hasn't seen the dog since the the night before. Uh, the dog stays outside overnight or something. So hasn't seen the dog. And loved one brings in this package. Oh, honey, it's your birthday. Oh, thank you, dear. I got something for you. Oh, for me! You got me something all wonderful. Oh, I think you'll really like this. Oh, I hope so. And the person opens it up. And they open up the lid of the box. And there in the box is the head of their dog. 
What have you done? What have you done to Chester? What have you... What? What have you done? <laughs> Can you... I mean, that's what I thought of when I saw this thing. And the person... Oh, no, no, no. The dog's outside. It's not real. It's not real. The dog. The dog's outside. I'll go get him. I'll go get him. You want to freak out? And if they have a bad heart, boom, they're done. <laughs> Cuddle clones. I'm not sure... It's a good idea. I ju I'm just really not sure it's a good idea. Good night, our doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, the cool thing was that Hayden and I went to go see a, uh, the twins uh, play a ball game this week. And I want to thank Maddie and her wife, Julie, for getting us tickets to see the game. It was great. Uh, twins lost, but it was a great time. Um, anyway, so you've been listening to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network. Uh, be skeptical and all that sort of stuff. Uh, remember to wash your hands and to get your vaccinations if you can, as soon as you can. And uh, uh, sleep the lights off. I'll see you next week. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option. And you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks, Thanks for, for tuning, tuning us in. in. Well, well, I'm going to hell. Oh, and by the way, that uh, cousin. Uh, that I talked about, but the fireworks. I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this, but the Trump supporter, uh, anti-vaccine, anti-mask, anti-shutdown measurements and all that kind of stuff, he had COVID. Just thought I'd mention that. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier.